time it is welcome to count it right here on points bet a fanatics experience my name is kazim famuide thank you so much for joining me once again last night only a couple of games on the docket we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the rise of a player uh in the nba that i think needs to be talked about and we're going to take a little bit of look into lebron's museum and tonight's in-season tournament games but before we do all that Let's start off with last night's NBA action with the red-hot Indiana Pacers taking on the championship-contending Milwaukee Bucks. It was a bomb burner, even though Damian Lillard wasn't on the court. Uh, it didn't matter because Giannis Antetokounmpo put on an absolute masterclass. He dropped 54 points 12 rebounds and three assists in only 36 minutes of action. But it was not enough as the Indiana Pacers took down the Bucks 126-124 in an absolute thriller in Indiana. A big Central Division matchup throughout the season. And I think a matchup that we're going to have to keep an eye on going forward into this season because peep game. As soon as the NBA season was getting started, everybody usually goes around and asks about, you know, what teams should we look out for? What team is going to be on the rise? And, you know, which teams have championship aspirations? When it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, it's very easy to see why that team fell into the championship aspirations bucket. They traded for Damian Lillard. They have, uh, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Still got Chris Middleton coming back from injury a little bit. Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, Bobby Portis. Obvious to see where their heads are at, especially given the fact that they weren't too, not too far removed from winning a championship just a few years ago. On the other side, you got the Indiana Pacers, right? A team that I kind of believed wasn't as bad as their record seemed. It seemed like towards the end of, or the middle of the spring last year, they just decided, you know what, we're going to put on the season. We're going to sit our guys. And, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, really underestimated a lot of what was going into next year. And the great thing about them was they got their backcourt, right? Tyrese Halliburton is easily one of the most awkward players in the NBA, but definitely one of the most efficient. He was absolutely on one last night against the Milwaukee Bucks and continuing uh, a trend that we've seen with the Milwaukee Bucks, as far as being a championship contender, it seems like opposing point guards just go absolutely nuts when they see the Milwaukee Bucks in the schedule. Now, whether that has to do with not having Drew Holiday anymore, does it have to do with Damian Lillard being, you know, a fantastic offensive player, but not necessarily confusing anyone with Gary Payton as far as defensively. The past several games, it seems like every guard they go up against Gets buckets, right? So we got Cade Cunningham, who just had 33 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. You got, uh, my, my goodness, you got you got uh, Jalen Brunson, who lit him up for almost 40. I mean, like, it seems like every guard goes up into the Milwaukee Bucks and has career games. And last night was no different. Tyrese Halliburton, 29 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. If you caught some of my picks on the app, uh, I told you hitting those points and assists for Tyrese Halliburton, especially when no Dame Lillard on the, in the lineup was was easy money, and uh, he did exactly that, hitting over 31 on his uh, on his points and assists 
totals uh, on points bet. But nonetheless, the Indiana Pacers continue to play at such a high pace, you know, no pun intended, uh, because offensively they're led by one of the most electrifying point guards in the league in Tyrese Halliburton, but definitely one of, one of the most uh, up-and-down point guards in the league as well. I mean, look at the rest of this Indiana Pacers team and how they kind of spread the ball around scoring-wise. Benedict Matherin finished with 26 points and 11 rebounds, second-year player who looked very, very good. Miles Turner, 21 points with six rebounds and four assists. Bruce Brown Jr. of last year's uh, world champion Denver Nuggets who's fit in like a glove after getting paid and joining the Indiana Pacers. He messed around and almost had a triple-double, 11 points, seven assists, and nine rebounds. Then you got the bench production with Buddy Heald and Andrew Nembard both uh, adding in 11 and 10 points respectively. Uh, but on the other side, uh, this is where Giannis does special Giannis things, right? And I don't want to, you know, pick on Ob Toppin because I'm an Ob Toppin fan and I think he's a, a very talented player. But I think everybody who even saw him as a member of the New York Knicks knows that defensively he's still got a little bit of a ways to go. And Giannis Antetokounmpo took complete uh, advantage of that. He was almost nearly unplayable. He only played seven uh, – he only got seven points in about 13 minutes, but Giannis was absolutely like a bull in a china shop against the uh, Indiana Pacers. I mean, they can score. They can put up points, but inside it leaves a lot to be desired. So as far as how far that team could climb up, uh, you know, this season, especially with their new additions and the rise of Tyrese Halliburton for this team um, – they're going to need to figure out what to do in the paint. I mean, but in any case, the Indiana Pacers are now third in the Eastern Conference, believe it or not, with a 6-3 and three record and handing the Milwaukee Bucks their third loss of this season. The Pacers shot 20 for 48 from downtown. Everybody seemed to have the hot hand. They got some great looks inside as well. And, of course, they out-assisted and just barely were out-rebounded by the uh, Milwaukee Bucks 41 to. 40. The Bucks, however, lots of love from Giannis. Got a little bit of help from Chris Middleton, 19 points, four assists, and two rebounds, but not much else from anyone else, right? Like, no Dame Lillard. 30 points not being on your team is going to make for a lot of uh, missing parts when it comes to your team. But campaign, he played 30 minutes, gave you seven points, five assists, and four rebounds. And uh, Malik Beasley had 13 points, two assists, and four rebounds. And, um, Unfortunately for Malik Beasley, he kind of got the uh, unfortunate end of one of the most simplest, I guess, highlights I've seen in, in an NBA game. Tyrese Halliburton points to a, a spot, which I think he's assuming a, a screen is coming for. And instead of attempting to fight through the screen, I guess he just was waiting to get hit. And it just ends up in Tyrese Halliburton just completely just – Olaying him right to the rim and and making him look absolutely silly. But in any case, uh, Malik Beasley added 13 points, two assists, and four rebounds. And Bobby Portis came off the bench with 11 points and eight boards. Uh, strong win for the Indiana Pacers, nonetheless. Uh, we'll see how that team looks with Dame Lillard on the court, especially offensively. But defensively, there's still uh, a lot that leads to be desired for this Milwaukee Bucks team, right? They lose a lot when you don't have Drew Holiday on that team and um, they're still trying to figure out how to sort of play Brooke Lopez on that drop coverage when it comes to those pick and rolls and and getting across uh, into the paint because when he drops he's one of the best defensive bigs out there and he could get maybe two three blocks a game for you sometimes 
Uh, but that hasn't necessarily been the case here. You know, campaign, he does a lot of things that Dame Lillard doesn't, and he's young and has a lot of uh, energy to guard people, but he's not Drew Holiday. Not a lot of people are in the NBA. So the Bucks are going to have to win differently if they want to contend for uh, Eastern Conference supremacy this year. But in any case, great win for the Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton continues to ball out for the Pacers and uh, one of the surprise teams early on in the NBA season. Let's go on down to Mexico City. The Atlanta Hawks took on the Orlando Magic and 20,000 fans from Mexico pulled up and they were treated to an absolute barn burner from two rising teams in the Eastern Conference. Going down to the wire, Trey Young gets into the paint, drops off an absolute dime to Deontay Murray to hit the game-winning bucket and putting the Hawks over the Orlando Magic 120 to 119. Ice Trey finishing with 41 points, eight rebounds, and four. I'm sorry, eight assists and four rebounds. Still trying to figure out his uh, range from distance. He have, he went five for 15 from deep, but he started out real hot in the first half, uh, closing in the first half with 28 points in the first 24 minutes of action, but. He got a lot of help uh, from Jalen Johnson, the high-flying forward who I don't know why he hasn't been playing as much in the past two years, but he looked like every time I've seen him, he's uh, improving and rocking the rim. He finished with 19 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Deontay Murray chipping in with 16, two assists, and three rebounds. No points bigger than that game-winning bucket from Trey Young. And DeAndre Hunter chipped in with 12 points and one assist. The Orlando Magic, a team that I'm high on, one of those young up-and-coming teams with a lot of talent and, um, you know, is still trying to figure out how to win these type of games in the NBA. Uh, this is one of those games that you got to get, right? Like uh, the Orlando Magic, uh, they came out with in a, in a absolute great opening week of basketball, especially with closed games. Paolo Bencaro taking over late. And they needed him to take over late in this game as well, but that didn't necessarily happen. Happen. He finished with 17 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. It was the first time he was held under 20 points in his last three games, averaging 18 points on the season so far. But they were led by Jalen Suggs, the point guard from Gonzaga. He finished with 21 points, four for five from downtown, seven for 10 from the field. He's been shooting really good this season, over the 34% from downtown. Markel Fultz. Another good game for him, 13 points, three assists, and two rebounds. Franz Wagner, 12 and seven, and his brother Mo Wagner also had seven rebounds with 13 points. Um, they're four and four in the season, and as far as that Southeast division is concerned, it's going to be really interesting to see who kind of comes out of there, right? Uh, the Atlanta Hawks seem like they're starting to get it right. Trey Young and Deontay Murray. Uh, who were kind of off to a rocky start last year, and that whether you could blame coaching, whether you could blame, uh, you know, stuff going on with Trey Young in the front office, and these stories that were leaking out throughout last year, it just seemed like there was a things weren't things weren't hunky dory in Atlanta last year. I mean, I remember I was hearing people talking about trading Trey Young in 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 the season, and you know all the rumors about him going to the Los Angeles Lakers and all that type of stuff, but. 
In any case, they are starting to right the ship over in Atlanta, winning some games, even though Trey Young still isn't shooting that well from the field. Uh, on the year so far, he's shooting only 35% from the field, 28% from three, but he's still giving you 24 points and 10 assists a game, right? Like, he still finds a way to get to the free throw line, to manipulate defenses, to um, still find open open shots, and, and he's really creative with the basketball. But you, you tend to believe that once – Trey Young gets his accuracy back, his uh, proficiency back uh, from the field. He can go back right back to being in that elite conversation as far as point guards are concerned. Um, last night was an example of uh, what he can be when he's hitting his open shots because, you know, he is somebody who I think has settled in more into a facilitator role for this Atlanta Hawks team and uh, getting more of his players involved. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting seeing how Deon him and Deontay Murray have meshed. Deontay Murray's a little bit more of a defensive guard. He came over from the San Antonio Spurs two years ago, uh, signed a big money deal with the Hawks. But he is somebody who can get you buckets, man. He only he only had 16 last night, but on the year he's averaging 21.8 points per game, shooting a blistering 48% from the field and 40% from three, giving you five assists, four rebounds, one steal. I mean. If you're getting close to 50 points per game from your backcourt, that has to be an elite conversation. So um, one time for the Atlanta Hawks, man. It pains my New York heart to say it. Uh, they've been looking pretty good. Clint Capella is still doing Clint Capella things, giving you 11 rebounds, four assists, six points last night with a block. Uh, but I think the rise of a guy like Jalen Johnson, who I don't know where he's been hiding, the past several seasons. It's like, I, I thought he was a rookie. I was like, oh, they, they drafted his new kid, Jalen Johnson. Someone's like, nah, Jalen Johnson's been in the league. I'm like, he's been in the league. What the hell has he been doing? He's been he's been great this season. He's averaging almost 15 points per game for the Atlanta Hawks, shooting nearly 60% from the field, 35% from three. I mean, those Duke guys, it feels like you just add water and give them a little bit of time, and they, and they sort of figure themselves out in the league in one way or another. But he's been a welcome surprise for the Atlanta Hawks, man, and um, he's really starting to come around and be an impact player for a team that really needs them. So um, su suffice to say, man, Atlanta Hawks look like they're, they're on the right track right now, and uh, we'll see how things continue. Um, the fact that they're 5-3 and three right now and Trey Young still hasn't really – found his shot from downtown like we, we, we'd be used to or I guess people would expect to from a guy who shoots them that many times. Um, I think the Hawks might surprise some people. Keep an eye out on them. Keep an eye out on them. Um, let's talk about some players that I'm really interested in, man. Like, I love – getting to really break down the game of, uh, you know, some of the rising stars around the NBA. And, and it seems like this year more than ever, um, just young players, whether in their rookie year or first or second year, they're really starting to come into their own as uh, real impact players for their franchise. And the guy I want to talk about right now is Kay Cunningham for the Detroit Pistons. Um, I thought the Central Division in the NBA was super interesting this year. I thought the Bulls were going to be kind of on the downturn. The Pacers might surprise the people, and the Bucks are going to be the Bucks. But I always thought the Detroit Pistons have uh, an opportunity to be a team on the rise this year because – Yes, they drafted guys like Austin Thompson, who looks to be an immediately immediate impact player on the defensive side. Jalen Duran is a big, strong, mean dude inside alongside Isaiah Stewart, giving you that bad boys era, you know, ground and pound, piston-style basketball. But this whole thing really goes with Cade Cunningham and as far as he takes him. 
He was a former number one overall pick. He was the the star of that very heralded Montverde Academy high school team. Um, one of the greatest high school basketball teams I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we seen him do his thing in college. And kind of mixed returns for Cade Cunningham already. You know, like his first year, you kind of saw the, the flashes of what he can be. And I think in my opinion, Cade Cunningham kind of strikes me as a um, – a lower usage Luka Doncic, right? Like, I think, you know, he doesn't rebound as well as Luka, but I think just the size, six foot six, being able to, um, you know, facilitate as well, shoot the ball from downtown. You could see their games being a little bit similar, especially in that big guard position that uh, a lot of teams are, are usually looking for right now, uh, having point guards that are six six and above, especially if they're strong like that. But on a season so far, he's averaging 24 points, uh, Close to three, close to four rebounds and seven assists on 41% shooting from the field and 32% from three. Now, there's only three other players in the NBA that are top 10 in points and assists. Two of those guys are, I, I believe, the very early, the very, very early NBA MVP frontrunners. And that is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Ho-hum, ho-hum. You already know what he does. You already know how he gets down. And uh, Luka Doncic, who... Wants to make sure everybody forgets how the Dallas Mavericks finished last season and got them off to an absolutely blazing start, and it's because Luka has been otherworldly. But Cade Cunningham, you know, obviously the numbers are a little lower. You know, the assists are a little lower. Uh, the domination isn't as, as, as apparent um, when it comes to the Detroit Pistons team. They're still sort of figuring themselves out. They take on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight, which I think should be a very interesting game. But I really enjoyed Cade Cunningham's game, man. Like, he's one of those young, up-and-coming stars in the league like Anthony Edwards, like Luka, like, you know, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander that are sort of, you know, be are, are guys that we've watched for a number of years. And if you're taken with a high-level draft pick, we're starting to see, okay, eventually by this year or the next year, you take over and turn into – a franchise guy, right? I think last year was that year for Anthony Edwards, and I think this year everybody knows it's no question this dude is a franchise guy. Cade Cunningham is kind of right there, right? Like, he's without a doubt Detroit Pistons' best player. But I believe for him to sort of vault himself in those conversations with Luka, with Anthony Edwards, with LaMelo Ball, all these guys, you know, obviously he's got to stay on the court. Injuries have been an issue with him. But I think the efficiency is going to step up as well. I think he's a much better three-point shooter than he's been. Uh, he's looked like this year. And I think rebounding-wise, I think a guy that big, he's got to get in there and, and muscle with the big boys, you know. Granted, uh, Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart are down there. I don't know how many rebounds he's going to get with those guys there. But just game-wise, you know, you can see the ability for him to be a three-level threat as a, as, a, as a big, tall point guard. But Kent Cunningham, man. Starting to turn into one of them dudes. I mean, who knows how he's gonna he's gonna finish the season, but early on the returns look pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, a guy who was also a number one overall pick once upon a time, uh, before he started his incredible basketball journey that is continuing, oh, only 21 years later. His name is LeBron James. And LeBron James, wow. 
he, well, I don't think he's opened it up, but a, a, a museum for LeBron James in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, called Home Court, will open November 25th in his home in Akron, Ohio. Now, it is rare that a living athlete has a museum to himself already, right? Like, it, I mean, obviously, we've seen it with Lionel Messi. Uh, I think, think Babe Ruth had a museum to himself while during his playing days. Like, it, it, it's, it's rarefied air for uh, your, your career and your life and your achievements to be enshrined in a place uh, that will live forever, you know, way after you're gone, while you're still creating that legacy, right? Like, that's insane. But the fact that it's in Akron, Ohio, a place that he, I believe, literally put on the map, um, the fact that he brought a championship to that state, um, brought notoriety to that state as far as basketball and even more so than that, you know, everything he's meant to, um, you know, the, the, the city, the cities of Cleveland, the city of Akron, the state of Ohio, opening up schools. I mean, bringing, you know, real uh, business pipelines into those cities, the cities that he grew up with. It's, it's truly unprecedented. So the fact that this museum is in Ohio uh, shouldn't shock anybody. You know, very few athletes uh, in the world have as much of an impact on a specific area than LeBron James and Ohio has on a specific area. When this dude said he was taking his town to South Beach, like, like the economy legitimately suffered when LeBron left. And when he returned, so to nobody's surprise, it shot right back up. So we're not even talking basketball-wise. I mean, just there is there is a very short list of people in the in the history of the state of Ohio that mean more to that state than LeBron James. So him having this in Ohio while he's still playing, while he's a Laker, and all this other stuff doesn't necessarily shock me. He says, quote, my dream was always to put Akron on the map. So to have a place in my hometown that allows me to share my journey with my fans from all over the world means a lot to me. He also said, quote, I've been known to hang on to a lot of things over the years, and I always knew there will be a time and place to bring them out. End quote. So what can you see at the LeBron James Museum? Well, the museum will take patrons on a self-guided tour for LeBron's life, and uh, it will have recreations of his Spring Hill apartment, number 602, where he lived while he was a high school star for Vince, St. Vincent St. Mary in Akron, Ohio. Uh, you will see the big white suit that he wore when he was selected number one overall pick in the 2003 NBA draft. You will see old kicks. You will see places from his stops in Miami, in Los Angeles, and all the proceeds from the venue. Every ticket is $23. So what you did there. And we'll go to the LeBron James Family Foundation's house 330 job training program. I mean, you got to give it up to Braun, man. I I mean, he always finds a way to to do things with class, with, you know, taste. Um, So, you know, the fact that he's always finding ways to give back to that community and to his community should always be commended. And, you know, this isn't regular, (laughs) right? 
Like I, I don't want you know. I, I know we're we're very into uh, commercializing nostalgia now. Everything's a remake. Everything's member berries from South Park. I get it, but it's not regular for an athlete who is still playing and still has championship expectations in his 21st year of basketball to already have a museum in his honor, not even in the state that he's currently playing in. That's some goat goat stuff right there. Uh, so I will say, like I will say about any LeBron James related. Uh, conversation or controversy whatever appreciate him while you still got him man all this stuff is 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 memories you'll one day be able to say man i saw that guy play i remember watching his games i remember when this dude was doing all this stuff outside of the court i mean this is the stuff you tell your kids about just be happy that you, you were able to witness it while it happened and uh don't thief yourself by comparing joys man everybody got their own goat you're not convincing anyone to change their mind. Let's talk about tonight's uh, action in the in-season tournament. We got nine games on the schedule. Quick preview before we wrap up today's episode. First off, the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Washington Wizards. That will be an interesting game for many reasons. I think it's going to be YOLO ball everywhere. Kuzma and Poole taking on LaMelo ball and those boys. That's going to be interesting. Uh, the aforementioned Kay Cunningham leads his Detroit Pistons against the red-hot Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid. Them boys has been playing some excellent basketball this season so far. Nick Nurse got those guys sharing the basketball. Tyrese Maxey is looking like an all-star. Kelly Oubre might have the biggest bargain in the NBA. And ho-hum, ho-hum, Joel Embiid is right back in that MVP conversation. So... We'll see uh, what the Pistons do because I like their team. I like Austin Thompson a lot. Then Cade Cunningham is coming around. This is a game where you really try and put your, yourself on the map going up against one of the East Elite. And uh, Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart ain't afraid of Embiid. So we'll see, man. That's going to be a tough game to follow. Can't wait to watch that. The Boston Celtics take on the Brooklyn Nets. The Celtics did just lose two straight games to the Timberwolves. And the Philadelphia 76ers, they're back at it against Brooklyn. It won't be easy, though. The Brooklyn Nets will be without Cam Thomas, their electrifying scorer. He'll be out for a few weeks due to an ankle injury. That absolutely sucks for that kid. I love him. But uh, Mikael Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Ben Simmons also will be out for tonight's game. So if there's any night for the Boston Celtics to get back on a good foot, the Brooklyn Nets are a perfect time to do it. New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Houston Rockets. I think Zion Williamson will be back for this game after missing the last game for personal reasons. Congratulations on the new uh, bouncing uh, baby. Um, taking on the Houston Rockets, who just uh, put the beats on the Los Angeles Lakers the other night behind Jalen Green's 28 points. Dylan Brooks, Dylan the villain, playing some pretty good basketball for them. And Amen Thompson, like those guys, as well as Fred Van Vliet, Pelicans up and down sometimes. Uh, I'd like to see Zion Williamson take advantage in the paint, but don't sleep on Alperin Sengun. He's a guy who, uh, you know, people have been calling baby Joker for a little bit. Not necessarily as dominant. I don't think anybody's on Joker level, but his versatility for the big man position is something you should definitely keep an eye on. So Pelicans Rockets tonight at 8 o'clock, as well as my favorite player in the NBA, Anthony Edwards. 
taking on my, probably my future favorite player in the NBA, Victor Wembanyama, in an absolute must-see game for your boy. Ant Edwards absolutely put on a show against the Boston Celtics the other night. Victor Wembanyama had some so-so games in the past couple of games, most notably against the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden. Nothing more I would love to see than both of those guys going at it. Now, if you think Anthony Edwards ain't going to look at Victor Wembanyama and try and put him through the rim if he sees him at the court, boy, oh, boy. I don't know if he had a power ranking of people who was definitely going to try and dunk on Victor Wembanyama. I think John Morant was number one on my list. Anthony Edwards is right behind him. So keep a lookout. Might be a post tonight. Uh, for somebody, because, you know, I mean, Victor Wembanyama ain't going to just sit there and get dunked on. He's, he sent some people back there before. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, take on the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz has been solid this year. The Grizzlies not so much for the aforementioned reasons. No Dylan Brooks, no John Morant, no Tyus Jones. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is trying his damnedest, and Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams has been out for a number of uh, weeks and should be out for the entire season, so... Tough sledding for the Grizzlies. I think the Jazz take this one. The Clippers take on the Dallas Mavericks, still trying to figure out the offensive fit with James Harden alongside Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook going up against the Dallas Mavericks, who continue to be one of the best teams in the entire NBA. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Seems like they figured it out, people. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the Sacramento Kings, two of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA. Just young cores who get up and down, play exciting level basketball. Both of the teams have great home court advantages. I love seeing people light the beam up on the Pacific Coast. Uh, but it's going to be a fun one, man. DeMontis Sabonis versus Chet Holmgren. I don't know if the Aaron Fox is playing, but I would love to see him going against Shea Gilgis Alexander. That is going to be a fun one to check out. Don't sleep on Malik Monk. Don't sleep on Lou Dort. Those are two teams I have to keep my eye on this entire season. And last but certainly not least for the in-season tournament tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal back for the Suns. Lakers still might not be without Anthony Davis, but we all know what we're tuning in for this. We all know why we're watching this one. LeBron James versus Kevin Durant. One more time. You never know when you're going to see it again. Once in a lifetime, twice in a lifetime. I don't know. You've seen the memes. I can't wait to see these guys go at it late night with the, you know, I know that the Thunder and Kings will be on, but uh, that's going to be a fun one. And it's an in-season tournament night. So wacky courts everywhere, color splashes everywhere, all types of calamity. The crowds will be lit up a little bit more. Uh, early returns? I kind of like the in-season tournament. I mean, would you be excited for a random November night game last year? I don't think so, but I kind of am. We'll see where pool position, uh, pool play goes uh, as far as the uh, in-season tournament is going, and uh, the matchups look like they will be extremely interesting as well. That's it for today's episode of Count It. My name is Kazim Famiwide. Thank you so much for kicking it with me, as always, all week long. Love talking hoops. We'll be talking more about it this Monday. But until then, this is Points Bet, a fanatic experience. And I'll catch you on Monday, people. Have a good one.